Hello, I'm Jonathan Moyes, Head of Investment Research at Wealth Club, and today I'm with Rupert West of Puma Investments to talk about the Puma VCT 13. Hello, Rupert. Welcome to the studio. Uh, firstly, for those who aren't familiar, could you give us some background to yourself and Puma Investments? Well, thanks, Jonathan. Great to be back. The, um, the best way to think of Puma is as an active investor. That's the, the key thrust of what we do. We're very active, very hands-on, very involved in the companies, companies and other businesses we back. Um, across three bits of operations, so Puma Private Equity is the piece that I run. We do all of the growth capital with our VCTs and, and EIS. We also have a property and construction finance business and then some listed equities. And actually that's that's very important when I'm judging the economy and small companies that we back because I get that broader perspective of other aspects of the economy and and see what's happening. Dovetails well with our diversified sector approach, um, again, to see a very broad spectrum of of what's happening. And yourself? Um, I've been at Puma for part of the team that set it up 10 years ago. Um, before that in asset management, before that in investment banking. So been around finance in quite a broad perspective, both uh, UK and emerging markets during my career, um, and been working with small growth companies for 10 years now. And Rupert, what does the VCT aim to do for investors? So the Puma VCT aims to deliver total adjusted return to investors. It's an, it's an investment product. It's a total return product. Um, we're trying to do that by backing reasonably mature businesses run by very professional management teams that are looking to scale. Um, We purposefully seek to take exposure to a broad range of businesses across a range of sectors so that we're not overly exposed to any particular trend in valuation, in the impact of interest rates, for example. We're actually exposed to a broad sweep of the economy. Um, We then work extremely closely with those companies to help them scale, and that is bring in key people, implement systems, and manage the flow of data around their business so that all of those new people that we've helped them hire can work with maximum efficiency to to push the business forwards. So specifically, what are you looking for within each company that you back? We look for proven market fit, which Mm -hmm. is if you think of a If the journey of a small company setting itself up, they start by developing a product or service and then uh, get that working, so sort of proof of product. Then they find an anchor customer to test that product on, which is a proof of customer. And then they find many more customers to prove that that product isn't just a fit with a specific business's esoteric needs. It has a broader demand. That's the point that we are trying to get involved. Typically, uh, minimum of two million pounds of revenue. Um, our average revenue at the point we enter is about five million. Um, so relatively larger small businesses, if you see. Yeah. Um, and we're looking for those professional entrepreneurs, so professional management teams that are trying to develop really tightly run corporate style acquirable businesses. That's what we look to make. And you mentioned management teams there. What are you looking for within a management team? Are you really ready for transformational change? That is the the thrust of the question that we're putting to management. Transformational change is very hard. It is hard culturally and emotionally and and, for all the aspects of fatigue and drive and energy. So when we're across from a management team, 
it is obviously a, a thin slice of people that we feel are, you know, they're really at the top of their game that can do this. But even despite all that layering, we're, we're putting to them that question that, do you really want to drive this business forwards such that every day you are re-establishing processes, you are rebuilding, you are upskilling, you are upscaling, you are pushing that business forwards and achieving transformational change. And you mentioned transformational change there. So that's backing a business that's still at that very early stage, startup phase, and it's now moving into something that looks a little bit more acquirable. What do you mean by transformational change? So transformational change is actually... When I when I use that term, it's really the the growth mindset. It is not we don't back sort of startup or very early stage businesses, and and it's not necessary. And in, in fact, for a business to move from five million to thirty million revenue, which is sort of our typical journey with with the businesses we back, um, the changes within that phase of growth are utterly radical. You know, you have moved there from depending on the sector you know say 20 people to 100 people maybe maybe far more some very key hires have come in some big significant people your board structures have changed your decision making structures have changed um you've implemented lots of systems so in fact to our way of thinking the changes from going to 50k of revenue to 500k of revenue which is really all still very early very bootstrapped very sort of just see what comes in are are not as transformational as the move through to that really now quite established quite professionally run business that's that's ready either for a a larger financial institution to come and exit us at a a, very satisfactory exit or to be acquired by by trade so do you have some recent examples of companies you've backed yeah, the most recent business we've invested into is a business called Muzo, and it's an anti-piracy business focused on streaming. So think of uh, Disney Plus, Netflix, Disney is one of their customers. Um, streaming is obviously a, a huge growth space still in terms of media content owners pushing out their contact or content directly to consumers. Um, and with that comes more focus on piracy and people... Um, consuming that content without paying. That's obviously um, exacerbated by the current environment where both on the company side, they're under more pressure to preserve their their viewers and their membership numbers. So they're really focused on piracy. And then from a consumer perspective with people um, squeezed for real incomes, the temptation perhaps to not pay for things is, is, is present. Um, so this company uses a, a tech and data solution to help help its customers understand the level of piracy, where it's coming from, and, and ultimately to, to prevent it. And what about some of the more established holdings within the portfolio? Any particular highlights there? Yeah, so I think one to talk about is Influencer, because it's a very neat fit to that five to 30 million pound revenue journey that I was talking about, a business that's um, performed extremely well in our period of hold. And you, you would feel it's, it's a sort of good example of what we do in that you would feel that marketing spend would really be coming off at the moment. But because this is not generic marketing, it's in a tight, defendable niche. The business has a, a good dominance of that niche, which is influencer marketing with a, a sort of tech-enabled platform supporting that. Um, influencer marketing is really growing strongly still, even in, in this climate, uh, which is an example of a sort of niche play. Um, It's a business that has a management team with a really strong understanding of its sector, something we always look for. 
Um, it is providing a, a service that's well understood, so it's not trying to drive behavioral change in its customer base, and it is augmenting its service with tech rather than being a pure tech play that is, you know, has, has a more binary outcome set than we, than we really like. So besides funding, what do you do practically to help these companies succeed? So good question. I mean, we benefit there from being a being part of the wider Puma Investments Group. So within our investment team, I mentioned there are these other aspects of what the business does. There's about 85 people at Puma. So we draw on um, value creation teams within the rest of the business with really deep expertise. So our um, our human resources team, our own marketing team, our own finance team, legal, what have you, um, will help us come into this business, understand its needs, scope for key roles, um, interview for those key roles. You know, that's a really um, sounds very simple, but it's a very meaningful piece of help. If you're a small business that has not yet um, built up a specialist marketing function or what whatever it might be, um, you don't have the skills within the business to hire for that role. So you can you will interview and you will reference, but you will be interviewing from a sort of lay perspective. Mm. And we're able to bring in the specific functional expertise to assist you in interviewing for that function. So people is, is a lot of what we do. Um, and then on top of that, the implementation of systems. So information from what the rest of our portfolio has done, lots of experience of putting in systems. Um, we have our own portfolio team that assist with um, financial information. We use a cloud-based data reporting um, system that allows us to take a company's management accounts and convert that relatively immediately into quite a sophisticated set of diagnostics and KPI dashboards that are not yet bespoke for that business, but are a massive step forwards from what they probably were, were using before. Um, so we, we really do get very involved with these companies and we focus on practical help in the ways I've just talked about and also an ESG tool set um, and very simple things like template board minutes, which our in-house legal team has produced, which just quickly and without friction, step this company forwards a few paces on the, the governance, the acquirability spectrum. So how's the current environment affecting uh, the way you invest? So as private investors, private equity investors, we need to be very mindful of the fact that we are investing now to exit in three to seven years. So investing specifically for today's climate is actually not the way to think about these things because we can't trade in and out like that. Mm. Um, so we we focus more on what today's climate is doing to our portfolio and what it's going to do to the kind of behaviour sets of the customers of, of companies that we're assessing. And then we look at broader macro themes. So inflation is something that we've been looking at for um, two years now in a, in a very upweighted way in our investment assessment. And, and that's We've, we've published records of that, so it's not, you know, that's not retrospectively flattering ourselves. Um, I think inflation is going to be here to stay at a higher level than we've become norm to. Um, there is a, a consistent theme around shortage of, of skills, shortage of labour in, in key areas within the business. So we do look for businesses that fit those broad themes. Um, for example, on that, we like this 
tech augmenting skill sets so that essentially custom companies can do more with the high caliber people that they have rather than try to replace those people. Yeah. And so, so have you felt the need to revalue the portfolio given wider falls in stock markets? Yeah, I mean, we, we certainly do. And we revalue the portfolio as, as does all the peer group according to the IPEF guidelines. Um, we've marked the book relatively hard in this you know, current environment. Our, our single sort of sharpest fall position was 40% down. Several others were sort of um, you know, 20%, 18%, that sort of level. Um, nonetheless, the portfolio is fractionally up in value at the last um, interim accounts. And you know, I think that is testament really to the the diverse sector, the sort of genuine diversity of business types model that we run so that we are not all in, you know, not all in SaaS, we're not all in B2B tech, whatever it might be, where that sector is particularly exposed to interest rates change, for example. Okay. And so what's the biggest challenge you face currently? That is also a good question. Um, I think there is a particular challenge around forward-looking modelling at the moment because businesses will always present to you characteristics around um, consumer or customer behaviour. So what we broadly look at as lifetime value of, of, of any form of customer versus the cost of acquiring that customer. And that will be modelled based on historical trends and historical data. And when you are coming out of a very peculiar environment with lots of you know, lots of change, which is the pandemic, which is very difficult for, for all sorts of bits of the economy. And you are looking forwards at a period of, of high stress. It is challenging to come to an agreement with the company about how to model that customer behavior going forwards. And we will always be, if not pessimistic, then we think realistic about that. And the company will be more optimistic normally. So making judgments about customer behavior going forwards is, is particularly difficult at a time like this. So how risky is this part of the market in which you invest? How many companies do you expect not to make it? Well, with our focus on slightly later stage, sort of 2 million plus revenue companies and our, our behavior being very active and involved with them and, and dedicating a lot of team resource per company, we should really have a much lower failure rate than some of the rest of the, the market. And, and in fact, if we didn't, that would be a really problematic for our investment strategy. Um, we've not had a company fail from VCT13 um, to date. And you know, I, I, again, I would expect that rate to be lower than the peer group. Okay. And so what about exits within the portfolio, positive exits? Any, uh, we, well, any we've only had positive exits from, <laughs> from within the portfolio of this VCT. Um, the most recent exit is a business that I talked to you about last year called TickTrack, which was a, a health and wellness app, actually not sold directly to consumer, which is a, a bit too much of a winner-takes-all prospect for us. It was sold to large insurance companies for them to make available to corporate clients as a, as a benefit for their staff. Um, that was a business, it's, um, you know, we completed that investment right at the beginning of the pandemic, very difficult time. We actually exited the business at the beginning of the Ukraine war. So that was also quite a difficult time. But nonetheless, um, we, our investors made 1.9 times their money in a two-year hold period. So quite a, you know, quite, a, a, quite a good 
return. Um, and, and actually very in keeping with what we're trying to do. So as I've put across these themes of um, later stage, deep involvement, um, we are not trying to um, take venture risk. And if you look at our last three VCT exits or within the last 18 months, these were at four times our money, 3.2 times our money and two times our money. And that's, that's absolutely fine. You know, that is exactly where we should be. And if we can have more stability clustered around that sort of exit profile, our investors will do very nicely. So how is the VCT performing currently? Well, so Puma VCT 13 has been the top performing VCT in the market on a total return basis for, for the three years of its lifetime for um, a couple of years now on the on the charts. It's, it's performing very well. The NAV's grown well. We've now paid... Um, Dividends repeatedly, um, dividends announced for this year are 10p so far, um, so well above our, our target. And we are pleased with the performance. So you mentioned your dividend target there, 4 to 6p. Uh, are you confident you can continue to achieve this? Uh, yes, really. Um, for us, dividends will be paid from exits. And as we continue to grow the VCT in terms of its uh, journey through its lifetime and the, the breadth of the portfolio, um, I'm, I'm fairly confident that the exit rate will keep up with that requirement. But our dividends will be, uh, will be lumpy, will be variable because they will come from exits. We're not going to cannibalise capital um, to pay out a steady income-like um, dividend that is unrelated from the growth of the underlying portfolio. Sure. So to sum up then, Rupert, I have some money I want to invest in a VCT this year. Why should I invest in the Puma VCT 13? Well, I think if you are looking for a closely actively managed portfolio of professionally run businesses with very good capability of growth um, and a lower risk of failure, we are a VCT you should strongly consider. Rupert West of Puma Investments, thank you very much.